of course is the band Skillet and my guest today very honored to have with me none other than the lead singer from Skillet uh, John Cooper hey John how you doing today good what's up how's it going <laughs> so so were you singing along that's what I wanted to know <laughs> yeah that was all live actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I, I didn't see the rest of the band behind you, but uh, yeah, the, just, the sound was pretty good for being yeah, all live. We do a pretty good job, not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> Very in tune. How, how long ago was that recorded? Uh, probably four years. Uh, yeah, about four years ago. About four years ago. Okay. All right. But well, you, you haven't changed at all. 
No, no. In fact, those four years went pretty fast. Right when, <laughs> right when you said it, I was thinking, I think it was about a year ago. Nope, it's been like four years. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, that's what happens when you start getting into those um, middle <clears throat> years. I won't mention anything about that. But uh, mid-20s? Mid-20s, <laughs> mid-20s that's right. That's right. If you want to, if you, if that's what you want to say, I've been putting up with my wife saying that for, for 20 years. So it's good. So nope, no problem with that at all. Hey, John uh, Cooper, why don't you tell us uh, a little bit uh, about who the rest of Skillet is? We saw, we saw the, the four major folks there, but tell us yeah. who we were, who we were seeing. Okay. Let's see. My wife, Corey's in the band. A lot of people don't know that. Obviously you do since we, me and you chat all the time. Right. My wife, Corey is the guitar player. And then um, Jen Ledger is uh, the other girl in the band. She plays drums. And my guitar player, Seth Morrison, who's who's probably listening right now. So, hey, Seth. My <laughs> wife is in the other room. She got, as you know, she got on my computer hooked up for me because I'm completely illiterate with all this stuff. But she, she set up this amazing Zoom call. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Seth does, you're on bass, aren't you? I play bass. That's right. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so he's doing more of the um, uh, guitar riff stuff, and yes, he has guitars, and then my wife Corey plays guitars and keyboards. Right. And then I play, I sing and play bass. Okay. Good. All right. So, four of you, but that's not obviously all of Skillet. You've probably got all sorts of folks that make things work behind the scenes and stuff like that as oh, well. Certainly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's well. it's not a four person. Even though I, I was watching one of the interviews you all did, and Corey was mentioning that she started off selling merch. She was the merch yeah. girl. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah, we got married, and uh, and I was like. I was like, you have no idea what a great life I'm going to give you. Come on the road with my band and you can sell T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's love, brother. Let me tell you something. That's, uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, she, uh, she had her own band that she sung in and played uh, keyboards in. We got married. She came out with us. And about a year into the group, we began adding keyboards into the sound and trying different things. And it, it got to be so much that we thought we're going to have to add a add a, a player to the band. She was already on the road, and she was willing to do it. And I was like, I think it'd be really cool. So, oh yeah, we never really expected to do it, but God had cool plans, as He always does, and that's where it's at. Well, now you were both raised uh, in um, in Christian families, were introduced to the faith uh, very young. In fact, both of you have a similar uh, testimony to myself of um, God being gracious to you at a very, very young age. And uh, I don't know about uh, about you, but when I was younger, I sort of felt a little bit badly about having such a boring testimony because you know, all these other people <laughs> had this exciting testimony of uh, you know being delivered from all this stuff, and I was just a preacher's kid. And so, but as I've gotten older, believe you me, I have come to deeply appreciate uh, the fact of not having had to go through all that stuff. Uh, and yeah. uh, so I saw. F- from some of the stuff that I was watching that uh, both of you had had that uh, uh, great blessing. Um, doesn't mean you always walk faithfully all the way through your, your teen years and things like that. There are always those bumps in the road, I suppose. But, um, but, so, but her uh, view of her favorite type of music was a little bit different than yours, wasn't it? I mean, I think we did like a lot of the same things. 
Um, but, but certainly I, I've always been drawn more to really heavy rock than, than she has. But we did like a lot of the same stuff, especially a lot of the same Christian music influences growing up. Right. And, and I will say, uh, yes, I, I, know, I know what you mean about the, uh, the, the testimony thing because, it, yeah, it used to be that feeling of like uh, everybody wanted like the crazy testimony of sin. But I have always been so thankful that God called me at, at a young age. I didn't have to suffer. I didn't have to suffer the pain that is a result of not living for God because right. when, when we don't live his way, obviously we are going to suffer in certain ways. So I was always so thrilled, so honored to be one of God's children and, and called by him at a young age. I think the only bad part of that for me was probably in truth. It probably <laughs> was years later that I began to have an understanding of what total depravity actually meant. Yes. Because I kind of thought that I was a pretty good guy. And you know, that was, um, when you don't understand how amazing it is to be saved, there can become, you know, that you you know what I'm, I'm getting at. Yes. You know, oh, you, yeah. yeah and, and when I started realizing the depth of sin in my life, then I became even more thankful to God that he had called me at a young age and he saved me from all those things that could have been. So just so thankful to be God's and always wanted to be used in music. And, and my wife was the same way. We were very similar in terms of our, calling uh, our belief in Christian music, our belief in, in, in music in general about what a privilege it is to play music and what a privilege it is to be able to evangelize that God has given us uh, a calling to proclaim his name is so wonderful. So we had that in common and that is why it kind of made sense that we, we linked up. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So now um, you've got, uh, you've got uh, some kids. I've got two kids. My daughter just, graduated she was in the 2020 uh lockdown (laughs) poor kid oh man i i've really felt sorry for any seniors oh goodness uh the the face the face mask generation oh Oh. yeah so so she she bought her own cap and gown and uh well actually let me rewind because my kids are both homeschooled because we uh, they've been coming with us on the road ever since they were born because Skillet's been going for 23 years now. So um, so they didn't miss out on going to school because they never went to school. Right. But but she still she bought her own cap and gown and, and we had like the ceremony. Oh, yeah. The ceremony on the Internet with all the names scrolling down the screen. It was really weird. But anyway, so my daughter's 17 and uh, she loves Jesus and. And um, God called her at an early age, too. And then my son is just turned 15 just this week. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, and my son's walking with the Lord, and he listens to the DL sometimes. Okay, so so his birthday, is fairly, his birthday is fairly close to your wife's then. Yeah, yeah, they're about five days apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, happy birthday to both of them. So, so yeah, you've, you. you've got the family going, and uh, obviously touring has come to a screeching halt uh, for everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that has, that has obviously changed everything for, 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 well, for everybody. I mean, it's changed the world. Let's just, let's just be honest. And yeah. I'm not going to ask you to try to figure out what uh, the future is going to hold for, for you guys, because none of us know what it's going to hold for, <laughs> for any of us, to be perfectly honest with you. But, but um, now, real quick, Skillet is, um, you're not trying to... Uh, 
you're not you're not trying to get into churches really okay i mean you're there you have a different you have a different approach you're not trying to uh, compete i mean i don't even know how to describe it because because when because right. because your music will some of the songs you're listening to it and you go okay is that talking about this or is it talking about that i could make spiritual applications but it's it's somewhat veiled and then others are really clear i mean stars is really clear terrified that arc's really clear um there's right. a, a bunch of them that are you know, you couldn't read it any other way. But then you've got some others that you that you could. So, what? Yeah. How do you? How do you? How how do you obviously had to make a decision at some point, or has it been sort of a development over time as to exactly how you want to do this? Um, I, I would say all of the above. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, uh, the the mission for Skillet was to evangelize through music. Now, that was also my understanding of the original intent of Christian music with Larry Norman and Rez Band and DeGarmo and Key and all those great groups that I grew up listening to. That was my understanding of their vision. I think that what there's a lot of different facets of Christian music. You also have Christian music that I would call more like worship music. Right. That would be more like songs you would sing in church. For Skillet, what I really wanted to do was share my faith to non-Christians. And throughout the years, God began to open up doors for us to be able to do that on the mainstream side. And yes, that required a lot of finagling and a lot of like praying and trying to, you know, say things in the right way and, 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 and open the right doors. Uh, but truthfully, it was mainly a miracle because I did it. it, it all the doors were shutting and then miraculously, one at a time, they would begin to open. And what I decided that I wanted to do that I thought was a little different than historical Christian music was what I thought would be would make us a Christian band. Wouldn't necessarily be that every song, as, as you say, is obviously Christian. Right. And not every song is even going to be religious by nature. We have some love songs. We have some fun songs, songs about video games. What would make Skillet Christian overtly would be our lifestyles. And I made it a point to say every interview I do, I talk about Christ. Every show we play, I talk about Christ. Every backstage you know, thing that we have with all of my band members, we are going to be on display as ambassadors for Christ everywhere we go. That is, I think, what made Skillet a little bit unique because simultaneously we were, we were becoming one of the most unovertly Christian acts from a lyrical standpoint, but simultaneously, I think we were one of the most overt Christian acts from a whole a lifestyle of holiness aspect, if that's an okay thing. Right. I don't know if that's the right way to say that, but we don't, we, we, we made lines of, of standards that we live by and things that we say in our concerts and at, at radio stations. And I just was like, we're going to be the most bold, Christian rock act in history. That's what I really wanted. So we would go do interviews and people would say, Hey, we got this band skillet. And I remember this, one of the first interviews we had when we crossed over, we had a mainstream hit with a song called monster. Right. And I remember this, the guy said, man, some people say you guys are a Christian band. That can't possibly be the case. That didn't make any sense. Right. It's not what you're about. And I just made a decision before, before that first interview, 
that that I was going to just shut it down from the beginning. <laughs> so I, I said, absolutely, I'm a Christian. There's there's nothing else to live for. Right. Life without life without Christ is hell on earth, and there is nothing else worth giving my life to. And so it just shut the conversation down, and we became known as a band that was unashamed of the gospel. And I think that that is more what what has defined Skillet as a Christian act more than the individual lyrics of each individual song, if that if that makes sense. It, it makes perfect sense. Now, trying to be salt and light, though, in the context that you have purposely inserted yourself into has got to be one of the most challenging... Uh, let me just put it this way. I couldn't do it. I... I there's no way. Um, uh, so... One of the reasons that I wanted to touch base with you, and we're going to look at the CBN thing here in a second, but one of the reasons I wanted to touch base with you is I was sensing that's what you were doing, and I'm like, I think I, I could help. <laughs> I think I could provide some, <laughs> some, some background and resources and whatever, because it's not going to get any easier. Uh, but seriously, that area that you're in is incredibly challenging and the reality is most christians would be like nah don't 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 even try don't even try to go there just just stay away from it is is that the kind uh, do you i know you've gotten pushback is that part of is that part of the spectrum of what you've of what you've gotten i mean a little bit you know for me um i like that you just said salt and light Uh, and i think for me i've had the benefit of People like yourselves, my own pastors, people that have put into my life that I've never been, we've never been an island. And I've really always so appreciated that that the people of God, we're supposed to be together. And it's not, one of the problems I see with Christian music is that all of these Christian musicians are are almost, they almost live their lives like itinerant pastors or something. Right, Except they don't have any relationship. They don't have co-pastors or co-elders they just kind of go do their thing and because of that they're not being fed and so i I, so many bands i've talked to christian bands i've said hey i just want to tell you that just because you're in the world doesn't mean you're salt and light (laughs) it just means (laughs) you might be hopefully saved and in the world but when we're called to be salt that means we are called to be preservative to the world we're called to be an antiseptic to the world and if you are not bringing that uh, the, the gospel in your daily life and and to the world you're not actually being salt and light you're just being a christian guy out there doing it and at some point you know the bible says you can't have two masters right right <laughs> you're either going to love one and you're going to hate the other and when it comes down to sex drugs rock and roll or you just figuring it all out all by your lonesome you're, you might not make it. And I've had the real benefit of having a relationship with not just with my band, but with my pastors. And that is why when I called a lot of people listening don't know that, you know, I probably text you 15 times a week asking you various <laughs> things about uh, sovereignty of God, um, double predestination. Well, uh, <laughs> well now, now, John, now I was I was sort of hoping that that eventually, you know, when we had that long conversation a few weeks ago and I was driving home from Flagstaff, you know, there was a. I'm hoping someday to have a have a have a skillet shirt because I am wearing my my uh, my victorious <laughs> skillet shirt right now, but I I you haven't I'll, have you have not told anybody about the uh, the new position um, that um, that I that I have. 
Yeah, yeah, you got to you got to tell the world they're all, they're yeah, all dying uh, the, to know. The, I'm the, sure. the, yeah. <laughs> The the official theologian for Skillet. That's me right here, uh, right here. Uh, I, I, I don't have my shirt yet. I'm I'm waiting for the shirt, but I want the official theologian for Skillet. No, seriously, you you the the reason uh, one of the main reasons I wanted to talk with you. You were saying in that CBN interview what you just said right now. I think is what is is why you guys have lasted because you and Corey have been married twenty three years now. Twenty two, twenty three. Yeah, that's right. Twenty three. 23 years, and you've and Skillet's been going since 96, I think. That's exactly accurate. Okay, Ooh, okay, okay. So, <laughs> most people don't last that long. Okay, let that, that that's just that's just the reality in that business. Sure. And to stay focused, you have to have a firm foundation. And you just said what I think that firm foundation is, is all about. You, I, I haven't mentioned this to you, but every time we talk, if it goes more than five minutes, something like that, you say something about your pastors. So mm. you've recognized the uh. wisdom that's clearly in the New Testament that we are a part of a church, that, that, that we are joined to a body. And yes. if you don't have mm. that grounding, you're not going to last. You're, you're going you're mm. to wander off. And you were exact. It, the funny thing is, we have the same problem in apologetics that you've mentioned amongst Christian bands. And that is oh. many apologists just go from church to church to church to church every Sunday, and they're never grounded in any one church. One of the things that I think has helped me tremendously over the years is I had to teach, I had to teach junior high schoolers the doctrine of the Trinity, and even younger than that. You, that is vitally important. That's extremely important mm. to be plugged in in that way. I, th- I think it's vitally important for maturity and stability and, and just not getting blown about by every wind of doctrine. And so yes. you may not have uh, recognized that as the central vital thing at the start, but man, by grace, keep it that way, and, and you'll stay on the straight and narrow, and you'll, you'll, you'll be going. Uh, once, you, mm. once you get to my age, you start thinking of, of, a, of this phrase, finishing well. Finishing yes. well. It's, it's one thing to start well. A lot of people do. Uh, finishing well is not, is not nearly as easily done. And uh, that's something that uh, certainly I think is extremely important. So I, I think that's really, really great. But I, I did tell you that just a few weeks ago, one of the pastors at my church, Apologia Church, uh, posted in our WhatsApp uh, group, uh, Pastor Zach, uh, linked to your CBN interview. And he said, man, I really love what this guy's saying. And then I'm like, yeah, well, well we're going to have him on the program before long, so, so tune on in. That, that's great. So uh, if you don't mind, uh, I'd, like to, I'd like to play that so that people can see, because you said you just, background-wise, you wrote an article that you didn't think anybody was going to see, and it was because some people had either left the faith or were saying they, they no longer really believed that that they could be faithful Christians, or they, they had lots of questions, whatever it might be, yeah. and they were well-known. Um, mm-hmm. And so you wrote an article not knowing that it would explode, and so I guess CBN, did CBN just contact you and say, could we, because it looked like you were in a hotel room, am I right? Yeah, that's right, we were on tour, yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's where you normally are, so I'm, I'm lucky to catch you at home, but that's not so much lucky as it is uh, coronavirus, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah so... But- so, so let's listen to what you had to say. Um, it's, uh, it's about five minutes long, and then we'll come back and, and see uh, what your thoughts are about uh, where this went, and, um, and we'll go from there. Okay. 
News of two high-profile faith leaders walking away from Christianity is making headlines. Joshua Harris, author of the popular book, I Kiss Dating Goodbye, announced last month on Instagram that he was leaving the Christian faith. And Hillsong worship leader Marty Sampson says while he hasn't renounced his faith, he is struggling. John Cooper, leader of uh, lead singer rather of the Christian rock band Skillet, addressed the issue in a post on Facebook saying Christians need to value truth over feeling. John joins us now via Skype. Welcome, my friend. Everyone is talking about your Facebook post uh, addressing the issue of Christian leaders falling away. Uh, John, why did you feel the need to write this post? Uh, first of all, great to be here. Um, I felt the need to do this. Uh, not to attack anybody, not out of hatred, not out of anger. I just was sad. I was depressed. Um, these are people that have influenced my life, my kids' lives, my friends' lives, my church. And it's so saddening and so disheartening. And I just want to make a call to the church to grab a hold again of the preeminence of the Word of God and that there is absolute truth, that Jesus is the way. And there's so these social media platforms are so big and these voices are so loud, I just wanted to say, hey, I'm really sad about this. I didn't think anybody would care about my post, to be honest. I didn't think anybody would even read it, but I'm sad about it, and i just pleading for the church to come back to the gospel, to come back to the truth of the Word of God that never changes. Uh, John, in your post, you warned Christians to stop making worship leaders and other influencers including yourself, uh, the most influential people in Christendom. Explain what you mean by this. Yeah, what I mean by this is that if you look the right way, if you sing the right way, if you sound the right way, then you can become uh, a, a, an extremely powerful person in today's Christian culture. Because unfortunately, the church, me included, my, my church included, my family included, unfortunately, the church is looking to be entertained. We are not looking to worship God as he ought to be worshipped. We're looking for people to feed us and entertain us. And so what we have is that we're elevating people that sing the right way. And we are letting things get away with lyrics and songs, perhaps. Uh, uh, skillet. I've written a lot of songs that I would not want to be sung at church because they are not theologically accurate enough to sing about God's character. So that's what I mean about that. I don't want to be the person that people listen to. I want the Word of God to do that. And there are people that are gifted and anointed from God to be sharing the Word. And that's who I want to see us elevate. Yeah, you, you mentioned the preeminence of the Word of God. Let's talk about that for a few seconds here. You are urging uh, believers to rediscover the preeminence and the value of the Word of God. Why is that so important? Well, it's important because we're not just seeing this in the church. We're seeing it all of culture. We are basically seeing the, the uh, grandchildren of 1960s postmodern thought. That the absolute truth is done. What's true for you might not be true for me. We're seeing it in everything, uh, at, at, in the universities. We're seeing it in politics. Everybody is so confused about what truth is. And the church is supposed to be invading culture with the kingdom of God. And instead, we are letting the culture invade the church. And that's not the way that we're supposed to do it. Jesus is the only thing in this world that will never change. Everything else is going to fall away. Everything else is going to change. But his word stands forever. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if we lose that, 
then, then we basically lose everything. Uh, real, real quickly, last question. You have been involved in the Christian music scene for many, many years. John, how do you stay balanced uh, and true to the Word of God? Through reading the Word of God, through studying it, through my pastors, through the people that I listen to. Uh, and as I say, I am no theologian. Nobody wants me to start being a theologian. That's not what I'm trying to do. I stay balanced by, by feeding myself truth even when that truth can sometimes be somewhat inconvenient. There are things about God that I've had to struggle with. Uh, and, and I realize, you know what? If I'm struggling with who God is, it's not God that needs to change. It's me that needs to change. That's what lordship is about. And we are losing that uh, in a generation of young people. And, and I think that we could be doing a much better job of preaching truth. And it's, and it's not just the the... the the, the leaders I'm talking about, I'm talking about all of us, the church, we need to say, you know what? I don't want to look for what is entertaining. I don't want to look to what tickles my ears. I want to look for what is right and true. And if my ideas have got are wrong, then I need to change my ideas of, of who God is. Okay, terrific. John, thank you so much. I appreciate your insights and coming on the show. All right. Now, John, you, uh, you said in that, uh, in that interview, you said, uh, I'm no theologian, but you dropped a lot of theology. Um, and in fact... <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> you, no, you did. And, and in fact, you, you, no, I'm not, not trying to butter you up here, uh, but um, those types of interviews, you know, you've done them, I've done them, they're tough. You have a very limited amount of time, and you're <laughs> under a lot of pressure to try to communicate something meaningful and memorable in a short period of time, and you did. You really mm. did. And wow. uh, so, I mean, that, that's why it caught so many people's attention, I think, is partly it was, wow, this guy just said we shouldn't be the people being put up there. It should be the people that God has put in the, in the body to exposit his word and things like that. Yes. Um, that's not mm. what you... That's not what we expect to hear from from people in your in your situation, and yet once again, that's that grounding, man. That's um, that's what made me want to reach out. Is I'm like, here's somebody that's got the right grounding, and then has an audience that I'll probably never be able to reach. So if I can be in any way of assistance uh, by being a brother and a friend to someone like that. Man, that just that just simply amplifies uh, everything I've been doing, and and that's how the body works and stuff like that. So Ooh. so so congratulations, first of all, that was very 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 well done. Um, uh, that that was Excellent. that was great. That was great. But secondly, was I right to detect that at one point you broke into the bridge from kingdom in your answer? Uh, <laughs> let me think. <laughs> one heart, one voice, one name. Uh, I, I can't remember. <laughs> I got to think, think of my own song. Oh, I know, I know. The, I've I've been telling oh, yeah, people. Yeah. I've been telling Forever, people. You're right. You did, yeah, because you were you were ta- you were saying everything else will, will will fade away. Everything else fades away. The word of the Lord stands forever. That's Amen. right. That's, that's right. right. There it is. So I knew. I knew it was in, maybe it wasn't the bridge. Maybe it was in the chorus, something like that of Kingdom. But uh, yeah. <laughs> and ever since ever since that long conversation we had, I've been telling people. I said, by the way, um, I asked about a certain line in another song I'm going to play here in a minute. Um, and I didn't even get the words right because uh, I just heard it like that morning for the first time. Uh, Terrify the dark. 
and I was something I was saying something along the lines of um it's something about your wounds or something. Oh yeah. And then you started singing. And then like, and then you came up with the line. I said, "So you have to sing it to remember it." And you said, "Yeah, of course." <laughs> yeah, it's like the ABCs. <laughs> That's right. Or, uh, or the books of the Bible. I mean, who can who can remember all you know the prophets <laughs> in a row unless you unless you sing the song? <laughs> <laughs> That's how you learned it. So yeah, yeah. So no, I uh, I am so thankful that you had the opportunity to do that uh, because there were a lot of people that I mean that was a situation like you said that those were big names and yeah. that really rocks people's foundations if their foundation isn't really stable that's what's so sad about it isn't it is that when you put i mean jesus told us already about building your house on the sand i right. mean but, but when you do that what's really difficult is when you think you're building it on the rock but you find out later, oh, that wasn't rock. That was sand. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's the when you don't know it part. And, and, and I think that it is very convenient for us to be giving platforms to, again, people like myself, uh, worship leaders that sound good or look good or sing the right thing. I think there comes a time I feel bad for pastors in 2020, 2019, 2018. I feel bad for pastors in a certain way because there is that feeling of if we don't sing modern music, is anyone going to come? Right. You know, I, I understand what they're going through. And I also understand, I hope this is going to make sense to some people. I can understand that what happens if you're a pastor and, and, and all the all the young people really want you to sing this song and you're listening to the song and you're like, yeah, but. I really hate that one line in the song and you just seem like a real old fuddy duddy, you know, but, but in reality, that one line of the song is actually heretical and you don't want to sing something that's untrue about God's character, but everybody's going, Oh, why do you have to make things so difficult? And, and I see this happening over and over. And because of my career, you know, there've been songs of mine that wouldn't get played on Christian radio, but frankly, because of the way that I look. Or something like that. And I've been like, man, you're not playing my song because the way I look, but you're playing that song when it talks about like that God's love is reckless. Right. Is that is that really something we, that we want to be singing about? <laughs> is that a great idea? You know, and those kind of things were, are kind of shocking to me. And we should be paying attention to them because songs in church should be about God. And they should be about his character and they should be honoring to him and singing something that's not true about God's character is not a great idea. That's why I say, don't sing skillet songs at church. <laughs> Most of my songs are about me uh, or about us. They're not about him, you know? <laughs> well, okay, yeah. And, and it would be difficult for a congregation, I think, to uh, sing uh, a number of, of your songs. It's just, I, I, yeah. I don't, I, it, it's hard for a congregation to sing certain kinds of, uh, of songs and, and, and things like that. Um, sure. But, that does bring me uh, to uh, to terrify the dark. Um, there are some. Well, let me just tell a story here. Um, I mentioned to you that uh, most people know I'm an avid cyclist, and so you frequently want to be listening to rather up tempo music. 
when you're yeah, yeah. you're trying to climb. I've I've sent you some of the some of the rides I've done recently, and you're like, you are insane, and and that's yeah. Rich Rich is in the other room going, yep, he is. There's no choice about it. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm riding tomorrow morning. It'll probably be 93 before sunrise when I when I start. So I, oh, most wow. people are like, you're you're crazy, but yeah. Anyway, I think anybody that wants to take the time to learn Greek and Hebrew the way you have is a glutton for punishment. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So I that's figured true. you're up for you're up for anything. Uh, I am. So uh, up-tempo music really helps, especially when I'm trying to... And you guys have so many lyrics about to the top, mm. to the top. Uh, and, so, and You didn't plan it that way, but I've sent you videos when I was climbing hills in, in Zwift <laughs> uh, where I'm climbing this ridiculous grade, and that's mm. what's in the background, is I'm not going to give up to the top. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I need that I need that encouragement right now, because I don't have anybody standing over here yelling at me like they do in the Tour de France. <laughs> that, that would help. But anyways, um, so I, I, I had a bunch of Skillet songs in my writing uh, music, uh, so, so I knew them really, really well. I forget what I did, but I I changed something, and all of a sudden, a song that I had never heard before because it wasn't on the writing one started as I was starting a ride, and it was "Terrify the Dark." And I actually stopped and replayed it because I wanted to re-listen to to some of the lyrics because it just it just caught me like um, this is this would function as an anthem for the hopeful church, for the church that wants to be triumphant, for the church that that um, understands that in Matthew 16, when it says the gates of Hades will not prevail against it, that mm. the verb there means mm. that the church is going through the gates, not that the gates are protecting the church from Hades. So it's mm. the church that is moving forward, not Hades, in Matthew chapter oh. 16. Ooh. I didn't okay. Know that. <laughs> well, well, see, that's that's. Uh, I was sending you little little tidbits each day, and I need to get back to doing that. And that's that's one of the that's one of the important ones. Um, uh, but but I, it just struck me as a, given what's going on in the world right now, you remember the question that I asked you. Uh, I think that was the same day that, that that we had that long talk. I said, "Do you ever write a song, and then?" All the circumstances in the world change, and when you have to sing it, it's like, wow, um, this is a whole lot. This is this is a whole lot tougher than I even remember writing it. I mean, in other words, one of the lines. Remember the line I asked you about uh, was um, my what's what's the line? My doubts. Uh, uh, my doubt will answer to your scars. My doubt will answer to your scars. Now. There's a lot of people struggling right now with fear yeah. and uncertainty, and there are people who have all sorts of doubts concerning their their relationship to God and things like that. Uh, and yet, it's it, it's also saying your light will terrify the dark. It's not the it's not the darkness closing in, and we're the only few little ones left on the side of a hill someplace type yes. thing. <laughs> it has it has a Jesus is the son sitting on the throne and he's going to be victorious and he's still in control is in the background of all of this. Yes. And so it just, as you know, you, 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 you made me feel wonderful a couple days ago and you said, you guys finally got to, got to go on uh, and do a show, uh, I think last week, right? Yeah, that's right. And, uh, so I had, I, I had 
I had written to you all, and one of the things I said was, be careful, don't pull any muscles. It's been a while since you did all this last. <laughs> did you read that to the guys? I really don't know if, if you did or not. But, yeah, yeah, okay. that was funny. <laughs> so, but, but um, you know, I, I mentioned there's going to be a lot of folks going to be hearing this stuff that are going to be like, you know, um, and you, you actually called it, we didn't get to sing your song. Terrify yes, the dark. You, you called it my song, <laughs> so I'm like, you. yes, uh, I'm 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 moving up in the world. But give us a little little background before I play it. Um, talk to me about am I am I touching on really where it's coming from? That this is uh, it's not about the dark. It's about the light. It's it's yes. it's it's positive. That is absolutely accurate. Um, I think if I had to give uh, my short version would be this. Uh, I have not. I'm only saying this because I listen to DL all the time, and your audience is very different than my audience. I don't want to pin myself down to a the- theological position that I'm going to get yelled at for or that I can't <laughs> defend. But um, uh, I am still working out in full my eschatology. Like but, we all are. You know, it's hard stuff. But yes. I had a major change in my life when I was 18 when I went – from a, a very fundamentalist, um, you know, Southern Baptist background. And when I went to college, I began reading a lot of uh, Spurgeon and things like that, even uh, Augustine and, and, and City of God. And, and all of a sudden I, I began seeing, I, I don't know if my, I don't, I, I don't want to speak for other people, but for what my own brain was thinking, which was very strongly like, you know, pre-mill, the whole thing that I had grown up with, right. I started seeing something else in the Word that was teaching me about a God who was victorious right. and a God who had created, uh, who had planned, excuse me, I shouldn't say created, who had decreed a bride that was going to be without spot and blemish, a, a bride that was very strong and because she was you know, filled with the presence of Christ. And that really changed me in such a powerful way that I swung pretty hard, uh, pretty hard post millennial. And uh, and I think since then I, I I've changed a little bit. But my point is is that all through my career, you will definitely pick up on a very strong <clears throat> post millennial bent in all of my music. That is one of not giving up. That is one of finishing the race. That is one of the victorious kingdom of God, uh, what maybe the unshakable. I read a book in college that I love called The Unshakable King, uh, The Unchanging Person. What was that called? The Unshakable Kingdom and the Unchanging Person, I believe it was called, which I loved. And so you'll pick up on that in most all of my songs. And that is not to say that I'm ready to write a book on eschatology, but I very much believe in a God who says that I've given you, um, uh, uh, what is the scripture, James? Help me out. Um, An unshakable kingdom? I'm not giving you a spirit of fear, but power Power and love and and discipline and sound mind. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, that affected me, and I write a lot of songs. So you're right. What Terrify the Dark is about is that we are not supposed to be living in fear of the dark, but we are a part of a kingdom that is advancing. And we are a part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And I, I specifically meet a lot of Skillet fans because of the nature of the kind of music we play who struggle with depression, suicidal thoughts, drug abuse, uh, honestly, sexual abuse, all sorts of sad stories of people who are, who are 
just trying to make it day by day. And I always want to encourage them that there is a God who will fill them with power and it is power to overcome. So that's in a lot of my music. So as you, as you put it, which is a better way than I would have put it, this song is not about the dark. It's about the light. That is a great way to say it. Right. Yeah. Now, uh, what I'm going to play, you all just released. So uh, there's the album version, which is what I heard initially. And then I think just last week, you all released a lyric version, uh, sort of Christian radio version. Uh, do you want to yes. make any uh, dis- differentiation between those the two? Before I- <laughs> no, <laughs> what? no, it's the same same song, just with less guitars, and, and maybe that's an okay thing. <laughs> That's that's so that uh, the older folks who still run the Christian radio stations might allow it to uh, to sneak by. Yeah, Believe me, the, uh, this is the less sanctified version, but it's it, it it'll still work. Okay, okay, and it's and it's got words, which is what helps uh, what helps other that folks. Because I, I worked as a I, I I spun discs as a as a young person. I, I worked on radio for years and years and years, and. Uh, I worked at a KFLR station uh, for about a year or so, and I remember right in front of all the albums, there was a thing that said, um, no drums, no loud piano. So um, it was <laughs> loud, piano. <laughs> loud piano. So you had to be really careful. So yeah, this is this is your way of trying to sneak that one in, I think, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to play. This is Terrify the Dark. We're going to put it on video so that you all can follow the uh, the words and uh, just just think about what uh, John just said, and I think you'll see how this uh, this song really fits into a an album of 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 hope. Here's "Terrify the Dark." No power on earth, no power in hell. It's gonna steal my peace, ten thousand enemies they will End up on their knees when I'm hopeless I can know this, you with me
Your Light Will Terrify the Dark. That's the uh, not the album version, but the reimagined version that uh, just came out, uh, I think, last week. And uh, uh, as John just said, not quite as many guitars, but it still had a good drive to it. So I'm, it I'm, does. I it's got drums and loud piano. It's still good. It's still good. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well... Uh, there's a, a tremendous amount of uh, biblical material that uh, that can be expanded upon there, and maybe someday we will uh, we will get to do some of that kind of thing. Um, but I, I really do appreciate uh, that kind of of hopeful message. That is the kind of thing that uh, that we need. And you were mentioning just then that a lot of people who listen to Skillet um, are experiencing you know tremendous difficulties. Um, mm. I've I've I think I have all your albums now, and the the older ones really did seem to have a um, a theme of addressing people who would be facing issues of depression, addiction, and things like that. Am I was I hearing that correctly? Yeah, absolutely. That's a large part of <clears throat> of our fan base. Just by nature, the kind of music we play and the age group of people that listen. Right. And, you know, as, as you know, I don't have to tell you or your audience, the world has changed so drastically in the last 20 years for the Internet, social media, the things that these kids, that these young people are being raised in. I mean, they're being raised in a, uh, a culture, not just of absolute narcissism that is quite different than 20 years ago, yeah. but also they're being raised in a culture where the, the entire bedrock of philosophies changed. I mean, we're in a postmodern world now. These young people aren't even being, they're not even trying to believe in absolute truth because they don't believe there is absolute truth. Everything changes every single day. And the anxiety that they feel about always saying the right stuff, being on the right side of an issue, you know, kind of like finding out the right woke thing you have to say this week is brings on an incredible amount of anxiety for these kids and, and there, it's just as bad in the church because in the church, oh. all they do is bring that sort of uh, subjectivity into their Christian walk. Right. And so now, as, as you know, and all your listeners know, they read the Bible with the same sort of, uh, you know, they don't read it as objective truth. They, they read it with a certain sort of deconstructionism, if you want to call it that. What does this mean to me? And we're even hearing from a lot of our leaders these days um. that, you know, if, if that's what the Bible means, you have the Holy Spirit. So whatever the Bible means to you should be fine. So these these young people are confused. And and because of the nature of that we sing a lot of songs to people struggling with mental health, depression, 
and uh, we just try to talk about the the saving grace of Christ and the healing power of God. That is, um, man, I'll tell you, the, uh, again, the things you just brought up are what we're all talking about right now. We're all talking about what's happening in our society, and we're talking about what's happening in the church, why the church doesn't have a clear answer to what's what's going on, why the church has been divided, why there's so many divisions. Uh, and that, of course, okay, that's what I deal with. That's that's what I do. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what apologetics is about. And uh, we've been taking a stand on these issues. I mean, I wrote the... Uh, oh goodness! I started doing debates on those type of cultural issues as early as 2000 or so, and, and was speaking about it well before then. Uh, so no one's surprised when I when I do something like that. But I, like I said earlier in the program, I could not inhabit the space that that you inhabit. I couldn't. I couldn't pull it off. I, right. I would not. There, you have to be able to run far too many filters. I'm I'm not smart enough to run the filters. And you have to you have to walk such a, a tightrope that there's got to be that that's why that's why you're you have to have the grounding that you have uh, to be able to survive the landmines that are that are that are all around uh, all around you folks. So uh, stay stay very very connected to the people you're connected to, especially to the church and things like that. That's uh, that's vitally important. But yeah, I thought that's what I had, I had detected in the earlier in the earlier albums was was a real uh, emphasis in that particular that particular area, uh, which I'll confess. I've only learned about in the last uh, ten years of my own life, really, because it wasn't a, it wasn't a part of my experience as a younger yeah. person uh, to to be dealing with that. But the church that I'm now one of the pastors at grew out of a drug rehabilitation program, so um, uh, my my yeah. fellow pastors have huge experience in that area, and I'm the I'm the guy going, Duh, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm learning. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's really that's really how that works. So, so when um, to, uh, what a couple other questions here. Um, the uh, in the the what I would call the echo, the female echo vocal in Terrify yeah. the Dark. That's Corey. That's actually Jen. Our that's drummer. Jen. Okay, okay, all yeah. right. I couldn't tell who was. I I don't have liner notes. It probably wouldn't tell me anyways, would it? Um, <laughs> probably not these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably not. So there's a lot of. That's a standards skillet style, the female echo to the. Is that normally Jen? Uh, it, it started out as my wife years ago, and, and my wife Corey is uh, she is a natural introvert, and um, <laughs> that's why know, that's why she hasn't jumped into the picture here. Uh, yeah, and that's exactly why she <laughs> she's, the, she's the intelligent one of the two of us. And she's the wise one, and she is the quiet one. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm a mouthpiece for all of her good ideas, which, <laughs> which probably works pretty well. But yeah, Corey does some of the singing, and then Jen um, does a lot of the stuff. And that is kind of a standard thing that began to, to become naturally a part of whose skill it was, was that the guy-girl thing. The, the, the guy at my label, my record label, he always calls it Skillet Beauty and the Beast because my voice... <laughs> My voice is so raspy. He says, oh, yeah, it's Beauty and the Beast. You need a little bit of beauty in there to soften that up. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. All right. Well, I, I, I just noticed it in a number of the, of the, of the songs, that, that, sort yeah. of, that sort of repetition uh, type, type thing. And uh, so mm-hmm. I, I wondered who that, who that was. That would be pretty tough to do live then because she – isn't she playing the drums? 
Yeah, she's playing drums. But, you know, I always tell people it's hard to sing and play any instrument. And yes. once you practice it, you, you just got to make sure you're really good. I mean, it sounds like I'm patting myself on the back. I don't mean that. But it's kind of like playing. It's like doing anything. You got to make sure you're good at doing the one thing before you do the second thing. So you don't have to think about the first thing. Okay. So you learn you learn to play and you rehearse. And by the time you get good at it, you just don't think about that, and then then you do your vocals. You know? Okay, all right. Well, I just don't know how you would mic somebody who's playing drums. That because I mean, well, it does. You know, it does take some skill because they're they're quite loud. And yeah, I'm always like, <laughs> play louder, <laughs> play louder. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, and I, I I remember when you guys uh, when you you guys were going to the uh, the show last week, I, and I, I said, well, I, I hope you all don't have any technical issues because I would imagine any venue you go to, that is the first thing you got to deal with because they're all different. Yeah, you're always going to have those technical issues, you know. And and after you've done it for this long, you just kind of you kind of make jokes about it, you know, you're like yeah. That didn't go right. <laughs> well, and I and I sent you I sent you a link to um, uh, the uh, uh, video that I found on YouTube where uh, I think what, I don't know if it was Seth or I don't yeah. know, but his his guitar just died. It, it just yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's like well, there goes that. In fact, Seth, my guitar player, he, he texted me during the song you were playing a second ago, and he said, "Man, I'm, he said when when James was talking about the." Uh, uh, when James was talking about the the light invading the gates of the, the, of hell, right, right. He, he said, "Man, I got chills on that." So he just he's listening. He just texted me. <laughs> by the way, so I don't you know I don't know if his guitar is working, but he's his his internet's working right now. Well, there, well, there you go. Well, the funny thing was you had to cover, so all of a sudden you know you're ready to go into the next song. In fact, I think you all had started or tried to start the next song. But right. couldn't because he's the one that's supposed to be taking the lead on it, and oh. nothing's working. So all of a sudden, you're trying to come up with, okay, all right, how long is this going to take, and uh, what yeah. can I say? And the scariest thing to me is when a musician tries to preach between songs. That's when it gets really, really frightening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually pretty good at banter. I just I'll make jokes or I'll. I'll move on. I, I think the biggest thing I've noticed on stage is as long as they don't sense that you are nervous, right? then it's fine. You can kind of get away with just about anything. It's like they say about dogs. You know, don't <laughs> let the dogs know you're nervous. That's if, right. If that's right. If the bear comes, don't let the bear know you're nervous. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Obviously, if if the if the audience can tell you're having a great time and 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 you're you're just like, eh, the guitar broke. We've got another one back there. It'll it'll take a second, but we'll get it plugged in. We'll we'll get going. Then yeah. they're not gonna they're not gonna they're not gonna mind one way or the other. It'll, so. It will eventually work. We call it charm. <laughs> you know? it, it's like how people choose to view Joe Biden. Right. You just call it like it, he doesn't need to know where he is. If you like it, you like it. You know, it's <laughs> what, it, it's what it is. <laughs> uh, just yesterday, he got lost as to where he was, but that's a whole other issue. Anyway, we don't want to get everybody in trouble here. That's uh, that's sort of my. No, I'm just saying. I'm saying it's charm. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> so, so. Real quick, uh, we've believe it or not, we've already burned an entire hour, and uh, I, I don't want to take all your day. But uh, I wanted to introduce you to the audience. Um, 
obviously you're you 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 don't sit there and go. I think every reform person should love Skillet's music. You you recognize you have a you have a particular audience, and you have to have a musical tastes that are wide enough to allow for. I mean, I love um, I, Andre Segovia, and I don't know if you know who Andre Segovia was, but greatest. Uh, flamenco guitarist um, of, of all time. I mean, the, the man could do with a guitar stuff that it was just he he could do he could make a guitar sound like an orchestra. It was absolutely astonishing. And I I actually got to see him before he died. I, I saw him perform at Grady Gamage at, at Arizona State University, mm. and it was it was just astonishing. So that's classical guitar. Uh, Beethoven and Bach, and uh, I told you that I and I forgot to grab it, but I was uh, I still need to. Well, wait a minute, didn't I send you the picture of? I think I sent you the picture of the UPI teletype when Keith Green died. Um, because I don't know if you did or not. I, well, if I didn't, I, I I I intended to. Let's put it that way. But I did tell you. I'm, I'm pretty certain at one point I told you that I, I have taped in one of my Bibles the UPI printout because uh, I was on the air the night that Keith died, and it's the it's the bulletin that came across the UPI wire uh, about the airplane crash that killed he and his his children. So, you know, Keith Green and 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 all those guys uh, very very important in my in my life. So I have a very wide. Uh, range of of musical tastes, and you're not trying to you, you're not trying to hit a sh- huge, huge, wide spectrum. Uh, you're you've got you've got your the group that you're narrowed in on. But I was very interested in how many people when I when I started mentioning our relationship were like, "Oh, I love Skillet. I I listen to Skillet. When I'm working out all the time and and uh, and, and stuff like that." So I think you may be one of the most popular bands in in uh, United States gyms ever. Uh, you know, <laughs> good, good. I love that. You're helping people sweat. And uh, uh, I saw you were working out. You 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 said, "Hey, this this uh, lockdown hasn't been hasn't been good for the for the body." So you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I love working out, and I love workout music. And, and, and honestly, it's been a, a great avenue for, for Skillet to get our music out because, you know, think about it. You go to the gym, you want something exciting. Or, and, and Skillet also does really well in sporting events. If you've watched any, any uh, professional sporting event, not this year, <laughs> yeah, but no kidding. Uh, in other years, you've probably heard Skillet songs. It's good because it's, it's upbeat and it's rock, but there's no profanity. Right. When you think about it, you take your kids to a – uh, an NFL game or a hockey game, and a lot of the rock songs have profanity. They they try to to you know bleep it out. Right, Skillet's really great for that because in their minds it's rock without the bad stuff. So it's been a pretty great way to to be able to get the music out and the gospel out. And and as you say, no, uh, I'm not expecting every reformed Christian to like. I'm actually expecting every Christian of all sorts, even Arminians should like skillet all right because uh i need i need everybody <laughs> but uh no it's uh yeah it definitely has its tribe but god has done really cool things and and getting our music out to places that that most people probably never heard of christian music before right. and, and i really love that because christian music affected me in a really big way growing up in a very very big way Right. Yeah, me too. And it, it can it continues to do that. I still listen to Keith all the time. Um, and uh, I don't know about you, but the the man was a believer for seven years. Seven wow. years. 
and yeah. you you think about you you think about some people that are just like uh, a, a flashing comet across the sky and then they're gone. And yeah. uh, what would he have what would he have done with a, a longer life? But that wasn't that wasn't God's plan. And um, still, even in only the seven years, I heard a maturing taking place in his music, even over that brief period of time, theologically speaking. Mm-hmm. So that one of his last songs was The Grace by Which I Stand, where he talks about if it was, you know, it was up to me, I'd fall away, but it's, it's, it's your grace that keeps me. And, and oh, wow. uh, he, was, he was really maturing in his, in his theology at that time. And, and um, uh, so when, when he passed, that was, uh, wow, that was, that was something else. But uh, so anyway, hey, you know, um, you have a, uh, your own webcast, don't you? I do. Yes, I have my own podcast. It's called Cooper Stuff Podcast. And um, for anybody that hasn't watched it, uh, if you're looking for something intellectual like Dividing Line, it is not near like that. Uh, I'm a I'm a big fan of the DL. Uh, and I also I'm also wearing my Just Thinking hat. That's right. Here for, That's right. There's the Just Thinking for, guys. There's yeah, Daryl in Omaha. In Omaha, yeah. And uh, <laughs> um, but, and, but, and wait a minute, but didn't I introduce uh, Corey to uh, maybe my daughter as well? Oh yes, that's right. Well, let's see. I watched um, what what is the movie that I told you? The movie. Uh, what was the film that they made on Critical Race? Oh yes, theory? yes, yeah. Um, by what standard? By what standard? I, I've watched it three times. I love that film. And so I was telling you that I really loved it. And, and you said, oh, yeah, my daughter. Or later you had said something about Sheologians. Right. And I was like, oh, is she, is she the girl that was in the film? So, yes. Yeah, so, so Corey got introduced uh, to Sheologians from you and from that film. That's right. And um, so all that to say, Cooper Stuff Podcast, my, my aim for that, it's a little similar, but it's a very dumbed-down version. It's like Bible truth for people who are are not theologians, people who just need simple Bible truth. If you're confused about what in the world is happening in the world, I, I just I try to bring it back down to a basic truth. This is what it means to live for Jesus, because as you know, right now we're being told every day opposite things that it means to live for Jesus. Uh, just this, just this past week, right when uh, John MacArthur, yeah, opened uh, yeah. his church. Well, this is what it means, and other people say, no, it's not. You gotta, you gotta love your neighbor by not going to church. You're hearing two different things constantly, right. and yeah. I always try to bring because my, my audience tends to be younger and 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 again not highly theological. Just to bring it back down to the simple truth, this is what it means to live for Jesus. And if you're confused about all these things, uh, don't try. Don't try to be the the social justice warrior on the front lines without understanding what it is that that you're standing up for. I I think, unfortunately, as you've said in your program, I do think that there's a lot of Christians being co-opted into fighting for things that I think that that, that they would not want to be fighting for if they understood what they meant. Right. Uh, And and, and I think that that's something that the church needs to be warned about. So I I try to do that if I can. It's only once a week on Monday, so you can get on iTunes, whatever, Cooper Stuff Podcast. Excellent. All right. So we'll uh, want to let people know about that. They can uh, find you on the web, obviously. You have a website. Um, You have a, uh, I I guess you'd call it the old-style fan club called uh, the Panheads. In fact, I I forgot to ask you, would you? I know you've done this 10,000 times before. I'm sorry, but 
Could you go ahead and explain to us the deep biblical theological background <laughs> to the name Skillet? Oh, gosh. All it is is that when, when we first got started, my uh, pastor – well, let me rewind. When we first got started, there was probably two or three Christian bands all in the, within the same small church. We only had about 200 people at the church. And my pastor said, hey, John, I think that you would go good with this other guitar player from a different band, not the band that I was in, but from a different one. He said, you guys should start a side project and uh, write some songs, and you could call it Skillet. It would be like taking all these different ingredients and throwing it all in a big skillet and, and see what happens, and we can do outreach for the church, you know, go on college campus and play outreach shows and preach the gospel. And so I was like, yeah, whatever. So we called it Skillet. And I, I did not think it would last long, and, and it did. I'm the only original member left, so I'm stuck with this name that, that, <laughs> that, that I never really, well, I don't know, that, I never really liked or cared about. It didn't matter to me, whatever. That's, that, that's exactly uh, what happened with Sheologians. My daughter will tell you, they were just sitting around at the Apologia Studios, and I think it was Pastor Luke that uh, just sort of said, you're Sheologians, and it stuck, and they they never expect, and now every day she has to explain this to people, and it's like, oh. Is, <clears throat> the difference is, is that that's an awesome name. You don't have, have to explain that. Everybody knows what that means. It's Theologians <laughs> Well, I mean, well, I should I should mention uh, about what was it about three weeks ago? I sent you a uh, a picture of a shirt. It was sort of a, a Hawaiian type shirt, oh, yeah. and down here it said Skillet on it, and it had it was your artwork. It was it was the the right. band's logo, but something didn't seem right about it because there was no way I could ever see you being caught dead in this shirt. Oh, so no, it was ugly. No. It was ugly, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I sent it to you, and you're like, yep, nope, that's not us. <laughs> so, that is not us. So here but, I am. I'm on Facebook, and Facebook is giving me an ad for a shirt. Now, I had bought some summer shirts, and I'm older than you, so I do wear shirts you wouldn't be caught dead in. Um, but <laughs> And it's okay, because I'm an old man. But... Um, but here, somehow they know I'm listening to Skillet, and I've bought shirts, and all of a sudden there's a Skillet shirt from who knows where on Facebook. If that isn't frightening, I really don't know what is. So uh, That's funny. They're listening. They're listening, man. <laughs> they are listening for, to us right now. I'd like to say, <laughs> say hi to Bob, the NSA agent whose job it is to follow us all the time. God bless you, Bob. Repent and believe. Um, so anyway. So, there you go. <laughs> Uh, John, something tells me this won't be the last time that we get to do something like this. At least I hope so. I um, I certainly hope that you all... Uh, obviously, your hope is to get back on the road again, right? I do definitely hope to get back on the road again at some point. But I, I will say I'm really enjoying being home, to, sure. uh, I mean, besides the, the financial part. But I get to be at church. This is the most I've ever been at church for one period, for 20 years. Are they tired of you yet? I, I, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, really, I'm really enjoying that. I began uh, getting together with like a, a young men's group of just guys and and doing what I can do to help teach them what it means to be a man. Right. And, uh, you know, what the Bible says about manhood, about who God's called us to be. And being a part of a church is so wonderful. And I, I you, we've already talked about it three times, but I'll leave you with one more. Anybody listening, 
that loves Jesus and loves the word of God, but is not a part of a church, you're missing out on how you're missing out on how wonderful it is. Obviously it's God's command to us anyway, yep. but it's so wonderful being a part of God's people and being fed and being used by God. So I have to, I have to be honest. I hope to get back on the road, but I am really enjoying being home. I well, really love it. And I, something tells me that Corey probably is enjoying it too. Cause if she's she definitely is enjoying it, if, yeah. she's, if she's anything like my wife, Kelly, um, uh, you know, my, my wife lost, uh, her job thanks to the, uh, to the panic of 2020. Mm. And so she has just been hitting the house. Like, I don't know what uh, the number of little projects and this needs to go over there. And I've, I've wanted to do this for the past, uh, five years and now I'm going to get it done. And she's <laughs> just going at it. And, uh, that's, I just, I just think that's how ladies are with their houses. Uh, there's, there's, a. I'll, I'll just, I'll see her run around the house and she's humming some of the praise songs from church and stuff like that. And I love it. I, th- I think it's, uh, I think it's awesome. But uh, I also have not been traveling <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. the same as you. So for different, uh, the exact same reason, but uh, missing mm. all that. So uh, John Cooper, first of all, you know, I've thanked you many times for pushing me up many a mountain, uh, for getting me to uh, the, my fastest speed on uh, on a certain ride somewhere or the other, or a run. Oh. You were you were encouraging me on a uh, the fast. I ran my fastest 10k last weekend that I've run in over two years, and so awesome. I I thank you for uh, for that. Uh, we haven't had a chance to actually sit down yet. I am really looking forward someday. Uh, you and Corey and me and Kelly, uh, I think it's going to be um, be a blast. And obviously, Seth and, and Jen, too, uh, really want to get together. What you said earlier about post-millennialism now makes you the official rock band of Apologia Church. Just thought you might want to know that. Uh, so you, you will be extremely popular uh, amongst everybody there once they get a chance to see this. And uh, But uh, our... I would encourage everyone in uh, in our audience to be uh, praying for you and for the band and your your witness and your consistency. Um, you do have opportunities of doing things that a lot of us don't get the opportunities of doing, and therefore having that solid foundation, that solid message is a vitally important thing uh, for the kingdom. And uh, those of us who are already Skillet fans, thank you for your hard work and your encouragement, and we look forward to what the Lord's going to be doing with you in the future. And uh, I just have really gotten to enjoy being your friend and your brother. So I'm looking forward to more of that, too. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, James. And likewise, I I love getting to chat with you, and it's good to be able to have a source whenever I've run into something like this. This doesn't make sense. <laughs> hey, and I've told you if you if you ever run into a situation where you don't contact me, uh, and I'm going to be very very unhappy and displeased, and I'll frown on the dividing line. So don't do that. Uh, you, All right, you, you got it. We have we have each other's numbers, and uh, and let's let's keep it up. So thank you so much for spending time with us. Thank you, Corey, for getting him all set up. Even though you're hiding off to the side, um, she's actually uh, not in here now. But she would she would at least say something. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate her doing that for you, uh, and uh, I'm sure we'll be doing this again. Hey, God bless, John. Thank you so much. Great chatting. All right, God bless. Thank you, man. All right. All right, super duper. Thank you very, very much to John Cooper for joining us for over uh, three hours and fi- uh, three hours, an hour and fifteen minutes. That's a lot of time, but hey, it's uh, it's COVID uh, season, so what can I say? Only one thing to mention before we sign off. Um, I forgot to ask, but uh, are we uh, able to do something uh, tomorrow? 
You say yes. Okay. Uh, I really would like to do a program tomorrow. Uh, that would make, I think, four this week. Um, yeah, yeah, this would make, make four. So uh, but you need to be afternoon. Okay, that's fine. Uh, I do want to do a program tomorrow. Um, and I, if I have enough time, what I would like to do is specifically um, at least one of the topics I want to address will be the subject of the Immaculate Conception of Mary in Roman Catholic theology. Um, we have addressed this issue many times in the past, uh, but it is being uh, promoted um, within certain realms, within um, non-Catholic circles. And I think we need to once again remind people uh, that there are doctrines of men that require us to fundamentally twist the history of the church. And when we do that there, we end up undercutting our ability to defend the core truths of the faith, the deity of Christ, the resurrection, the inspiration of Scripture. And so uh, one of the things I'd like to do is to address that particular issue. There might be some other things. I just don't know if I'm going to have enough time between now and tomorrow to do a proper job. But um Wanted to get a little bit more uh, in uh, tomorrow as far as uh, teaching is concerned. So we will do a program uh, when it's 116 degrees in the shade outside uh, tomorrow. So uh, assuming that the electricity stays on, it's 117 in, at Phoenix right now. That's that's that's. I mean, uh, so that's what that's what Sky Harbor is. Uh, oh, your app your app goes to Peoria. Yeah, Phoenix is only showing. Uh, uh, yeah, it says one seventeen. Mine says one one fifteen. So, after one ten, folks, it doesn't really matter all that much. <laughs> Though I will admit, once it's a one fifteen above, then it really. That's when if you forgot anything at all in your car that's plastic, it's done. <laughs> it's it's over. You won't even recognize it because honestly, honestly, now my car thankfully is white. His truck is not. And so, uh, yeah, special film. That, well, that, I don't, I don't care. Um, in the olden days, you could get into a it was, it was 115 outside. It'd be 155 in the car minimally, uh, and it can get warmer than that depending on which car, direction your car is facing. Anyhow, we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks. God bless. Mm-hmm.